friends, welcome to another episode of Making Disciples. My name is Chris Rogers and I am your host. If you find this episode interesting, I'd love you to share it, tell others about it, subscribe, like it, leave a comment and all of that good stuff. Now today's episode is an interview with Catherine Hill, but we are going to be talking about digital devices, the online world and how do we help parents, our children or our grandchildren, how do we help support other parents in how they uh, help their children grow well in an un, uh, online world. Now, kind of post-COVID, this was recorded just before uh, lockdown, but this is, we're now in a slightly different world where uh, the internet is just the centrepiece of many of our lives. Uh, so the, this has never uh, come at a more important time to talk about how do we parent our children well in a digital age. So I hope you find this really helpful. Now, Catherine Hill, if you've never met her before or heard her before, she's the UK Director of Care for the Family, and they produce so much good stuff for families on how to uh, help children well on the in, uh, online world. So please do check them out and check her out uh, to see what else they've got to offer you. So here we go. An interview with Catherine Hill on parenting and the digital world. Catherine Hill, welcome to Making Disciples. Thank you so much for being with me again. Um, it's eight months ago since we recorded our, our kind of last podcast. But today I want to pick up that conversation we had in the last one, if that's all right, on digital devices, particularly around parenting. And this is something you're particularly passionate about, isn't it? I am really passionate about this. It began because loads and loads of parents were contacting us at Care for the Family asking for help in this area. They they kind of felt like rabbits stuck in the headlights. They felt the kids knew more than them, which is true. They probably do. Um, and uh, one woman wrote to us and she said, it just gets harder and harder. I wish the iPhone had never been invented. But it has been invented. It's here to stay. And um, so we just wanted to be able to share with parents, you know, the, how to navigate this wisely. And as we looked into it more and more, um, it's one of my passions, really. Um, I love I love talking to parents about this mm. because there is so much that we can do. Yeah, I, I, I in no way fear, fear digital devices with my kids in that there's so many positives as a parent. And one of the things that I the two things we've got recently that I absolutely adore. One is is find my friend. Which yes. means when Daisy and Isaac are on their way home from school, we can track where they are. They can yeah. also track where Becky and I are. So when they can't find us and they've arrived at the house and we're not here, they can say, well, where's mum and dad? So that's been absolutely fantastic. The other thing that we've recently got, which is just the best thing ever, is we've got Sky Buddy. I don't know if you've come across this. It's an, we have Sky Internet and it's an app that I've downloaded and we can give the kids so many hours of internet a day. And then when they've done, when they've run it out, uh, they can't have any more. Uh, unless, That's so good, isn't unless it? Unless they do the so washing good. up or they empty the bins, then we say, right, we'll give you another half an hour. This is just the best thing. And I can track, so I can say, right, Daisy, you can have an hour of Netflix and that's it. But you can have an hour of browsing the internet time for homework. And I can then track what websites on there as well that she's... So this... You know, did, the digital world is not doom and gloom. 
No, absolutely. And I think um, I, I was at a friend's house the other day and uh, it was half term and their daughter rang up and said, Daddy, can I have another hour of, you know, um, screen time or whatever on the, on the Internet? And um, he said, yeah, it's half term. OK. And then he, he sorted that out for them. Exactly that point you're making that we're then in charge of how that works yeah. rather than just giving them free reign. And it means like we, you know, we can turn it off at half past eight. So it goes off at half past eight. So somebody said to me recently, oh, your Isaac's up all, you know, very late playing on uh, on his game console, isn't he? Uh, my son has mentioned that he's playing at 11 o'clock at night. And I was able to say, well, that's not true because I, his internet turns off every night. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what your son is telling you, but that's certainly not what's happening. <laughs> I was like, because I knew, I, I know, I, I mean, I, I'm in control of it, I guess. So um, I'd yeah. love to just talk this through then a little bit with you. You know, I've now got teenagers. Uh, it's a whole other world. We've moved on from Peppa Pig and we're in this this whole new uh, place. What are the problems parents like myself should be aware of? OK, well, I think one of the first things is realizing that our kids generally do know more than we do. There are two kinds of people. There are digital visitors and digital residents. That's what researchers say. And digital visitors are people who visit the internet. You go online to you to do a task. You see it as a tool. Yeah. So you go online, you send an email, you come off, you go back online and you um, research a, I don't know, holiday or something, you come, you come off. Um, that's digital visitors digital residents live their life online they don't really understand the difference between online and offline um, it's just all part of life and i think when we first started researching this area generally most parents were digital uh, visitors and most children were digital residents i think that's mm. changing because more and more parents now probably would identify as as a digital residence. It's not how old you are, it's your how you use the um, the internet. But nevertheless, our kids generally are, well, it feels like they're a step ahead of us. And so we always say to parents, don't panic. You don't need to learn all the, you know, latest um, slang or, you know, suddenly become cool because actually kids don't really want to have a cool parent. <laughs> but what we do need to know are some principles in how to keep our children safe wisely and how to allow them um, to have more freedom as they grow through the teenage years. So they get to the stage where actually they can manage this themselves long term. That's our goal. That's great. What are the big problems you see that um, parents like me often make, problems we make for ourselves maybe? Um, what do you regularly see come up? Uh, that you think, actually, I wish all parents knew this or were aware of this? Okay, so I would say, number one, time on screens is the biggest problem that parents seem to feel as well. Um, I think it's all too easy for our kids to be online and then half an hour goes into an hour, goes into you know, three hours or whatever. You've just mentioned a really great way of ensuring that that doesn't happen. But I think time on screens is affecting sleep. So many children now are not getting enough sleep. And uh, my daughter-in-law is a primary school teacher in London. And she says little ones are coming into school exhausted because they've been on glowing screens late at night. So um, and in terms of that, we, there's an issue of obesity. We can't put all that down to screen time, but it's got to have something to do with it. That more mm. 
sedentary lifestyle. And then when time on screens get, can flip into addiction, and addiction is very rare, real addiction. The World Health Organization has actually got a category of illness now, um, a gaming addiction, but it has to be incredibly serious and interfere with life, um, with eating, with sleeping, with relationships for a considerable amount of time. But, um, and it does happen, but probably it's just teenagers using the internet a lot because they enjoy it and it's become a habit and it's probably not flipped into addiction. Although I would say if anyone is concerned, just go and see your GP on that. Um, so time on screens, that would be number one and parents needing to put um, some boundaries in place. And we can talk a little bit about what that might look like. Um, but then there were three things, three other areas I think that are of concern. Um, so the first one, these all begin with a letter C, actually, mm, so let's okay. just remember. Yeah. <laughs> so the first one would be contact. So just who is it that they're talking to online? So they say that they're going out to the park to meet Charlie and he's 15. And you know jolly well that you know, they've met him online. He may not be called Charlie and he may not be 15. And you know, the whole issue of grooming mm. that we just sadly, we have to have our eyes open to. Um, so that would be the first one. And, and again, talking to our children about the person who is is online may not be who they um, yeah. may not be who they who they really say they are. And the fact that through gaming, our children are yeah. contacting all kinds of people. This isn't just social media. Yeah. Um, so that would be the first one. The yeah. second one would be, um, well, I call it conduct, but that's how they're behaving online. Yeah. So bullying in my day, the school bully stayed in the school playground at the end of the day. Um, but for today's child, the bully follows them home, you know, through the phone in their pocket um, as they, you know, leave the playground, as they go on the bus home, as they do their homework. And, you know, just as it pings under the duvet at night, um, yeah. the bully is there. It's 24 seven. And that's really hard. Um, <clears throat> and then the whole selfie culture the massive pressure that our young people are under to portray an image online that often has no no um connection with reality but they see their friends do it and they just don't have the filter they're not old enough to work out that that's not real um and then you can hide behind an avatar you can hide behind a, a different identity online and then a gap develops between you know, your identity online and what's real when you look in the mirror at home. And that's doing damage to our children's mental well-being. Um, mm -hmm. It really is. Um, and then sexting. Sexting a, is sending a sexually um, explicit image online. And again, lots of young people think that's a normal thing to do. I think one in four young people have done it. Um, and um, then often it's sent on to um, others without their consent they send it to one person so a guy will ask a girl for a topless selfie she'll send it he'll then maybe send something back um they go out they split up and then suddenly that's sent on and it's against the law if they're under 18 which many of them don't don't yeah, know yeah. yeah yeah so that's massive um and then in terms of the final one would be content so just what is it that they're seeing online so you know we go in their bedroom and they um uh, maybe they're doing their homework or something and they, they flick the screen to something else yeah. and we wonder. Um, and it's so easy to access porn. It really is. Mm. Um, the average child, um, the average age of coming across porn 
is 11 years old and they're often not looking for it. Um, they just haven't got the right protections in place on the computer. Mm -hmm. So, um, again, just being aware of these things and then talking to our children about it and putting some boundaries in place so we can protect them um, and then help them learn to manage those things themselves. So conduct, contact and content and the whole issue mm -hmm. of time. Those would be that's, my that's Yeah, that's really helpful. I think under this um, what they see piece, uh, one of the things I've really appreciated, I, I, I can't speak more highly, I, not that I'm promoting Sky, I don't know what other service providers are out there that do this, <laughs> but one of the things I'm able to do on this little app is I'm able to say, right, Becky, she is 18, she's over 18, she's my wife, um, you know, these, these are the kind of websites that she can access. Uh, and these are the kind of websites that my daughter, who's 13, can access. You could put an age restriction yeah. on there. So she's 13. Isaac's 15, so we can put a 15 restriction on there. And what it means is that you can manage what content they can access. Because it used to be that you'd put a filter on, yeah. which meant nobody... I was trying to do some research a few years ago into a particular Greek word... Uh, which comes from the word, uh, which is where we get the word porn from. And I'm Googling yeah. it. I'm getting nowhere because my, my lock on my internet was so tight for the kids. Yeah. I couldn't even get to the Wikipedia page I was looking for. Uh, <laughs> whereas now you, you can actually nuance it a little bit more. And that's really helpful, I think, from a parenting point of view. Because uh, there may be things that it's appropriate for Isaac to access, but not appropriate for a 12 or 13-year-old to do. So I'm finding that really helpful, being able to structure who can access what and then when they can access it and all that kind of stuff yeah um, that is really good really isn't it good. And, you know and, and if you have more than one child they will be different ages different levels of maturity and what's okay for one is not okay for the other so that's you know using technology yeah. for that is fantastic so if i have a teenager who is really like it's it's like wi-fi has become their oxygen mm. And they are just on it, on it, on it, on it. Uh, what should I be doing as a parent? Or what can I be doing to try and rein it back? Do you yeah. have any tips? Well, I think we can, and it's hard. I mean, let's just face it, that is a hard one. It's so much easier when they're little <laughs> to get mm. those things in place. But, you know, we've all been in those kind of situations. So, um, but it all is not lost. I would say begin the conversation um, about what what is it that they're, they're doing online? What are the things they're looking at? And just possibly what need in them is it is it meeting? Um, so are they connecting with friends? Um, are, do they have some other underlying need that can be better addressed in a different way? But I would say just begin the conversation um, at a very low level. Now, some teenagers, it's really hard to even begin a conversation. But if you can do it late at night or when you're in the car, when they don't feel pushed in a corner, or even when they've got other friends around and begin a conversation about in you know our, our digital use um so the one thing i would suggest for every single family would be an idea of having a family media agreement and this would be something that you could work towards if you were in that situation with your team um but the idea is that you get your whole family together teenagers little ones everybody whatever shape or size your family 
And um, you sit down and you talk about what are going to be the ground rules for uh, media use in the home. And if you know you haven't had any for uh, ever and there's some bad habits in place, then that's a good place to start to talk about that yeah. um, to our teens. Um, because we're their parents and actually we're not their best friends. This is going to mean taking a hit in the popularity stakes. But, you know, it's worth it because these boundaries are for their security. They're for their well-being. Um, they're probably not going to love it with open arms always. But big picture time, it's you know, it's the thing to aim for. And I think if you get everybody together, you can make it a fun thing. Um, you know, get snacks and drinks and what have you. Get Make it a, a sort of thing that they want to be at. And if they are listened to, I think even the most droppy teenager will feel that um, they will contribute. If we if we give them, you know, if we genuinely um, listen and give make them feel they have some kind of skin in the game, I think um, that would be the place to start. And then you can talk about what are your ground rules? So do you have devices at a meal table? Um, do you allow them to have their phones overnight? Um, that would be my one thing I think would be um, buy one of those massive multi chargers that you can charge everybody's phones in and see if you can agree. And the deal with this family media agreement is it's the parents as well agree to this. Um, you all charge your phones downstairs at night. I mean, that would be that would be a massive win, really. Mm -hmm. Um, for many for, for many families. Um, so where and when you use technology in the home. So yeah, mealtimes, late at night, do you, if they have friends around, yeah, what, what are your ground rules for your family and for your values? Not necessarily what family down the road do, because that might be different. Um, and then you can, you know, you can have in this agreement um, who pays, what kind of sites you're happy for them to um, visit. There's one family we know and they've got three columns they write down um yes you can um ask us first and then don't even think about it yeah and as you've already said that's got to be age appropriate now for some families writing it up is the thing to do and they stick it on their fridge but for many families to be honest that's a bit heavy and just chatting it through is yeah. all that's needed but it is such a powerful thing because you've then got something to go back to and just thinking through what happens if somebody breaks one of the things, crosses over the line? Um, and I think also trying to frame it as what they can do, not not so it's just a list of don'ts, um, and that we do that all together as a family. So that would be, I think, a great place to start. Mm. Can you just give it again? Yes, you can. Uh, yes, you can. Ask, Ask us, us first. first. Don't, Don't even, even think, think about, about it. it. <laughs> That's neat. I like that. That's really neat. I like that. Um, one of the other things that I, I noticed, we've never done this because I, I guess when we were, uh, Daisy was very little, I was very little, I guess we, it just wasn't, we didn't have the internet in the way that we do now. But notice a lot of parents, you know, you'll go out for dinner, you'll be at McDonald's or somewhere and they just pass their mobile phone to the kid who's four years old. They put on a YouTube video and they're they're watching something on YouTube um, or they just give them their device to play a game. And it's a way of keeping them quiet. We've noticed at church very often if a parent is is wanting to have coffee after church, they'll give them their phone, just keep them quiet. And we often notice there's a row of kids in church, mine are right in the middle of the whole thing, uh, all with their mobile phones uh, playing games on their phones and 
it feels like it's parenting with digital devices. It's it's mm. it's absent parenting in some ways. Um, what have you seen in that, and and what wisdom would you have for parents who are maybe in this already, where they're just giving their phone to their little one to watch things on wherever they are? Well, first of all, I'd say I have huge sympathy with parents on that. I've got two new little grandchildren, which is very exciting. Um, and even now, I mean, the only the oldest one is eight months old. That his parents have never given him a phone, but he sees a phone and he is attracted to it. There is yeah. something about the glowing screen. My um, actually, another friend's eighteen-month-year-old toddled over to the television set the other week and started swiping it madly because she's already learnt you you swipe a screen and something exciting happens. So it's understandable, and we've all been there in the supermarket with the toddler having the tantrum um, when you're trying to have a conversation after church. Uh, whatever it is, and it's so easy just to give it, give them the phone. Um, but I think trying not to make that the default. Of course, there's going to be times when we do that, but I think holding off as long as possible when they're little. I think um, we we have a friend who, um, if we have a rule that we don't have phones at the meal table, then mm. actually, if we're out for a McDonald's or pizza or whatever it is, then actually that is a meal table. So. And that's such an amazing time to talk as a family if, yeah. if um, you know, we're sitting around a table. And I've, I've got a friend in Bristol who they went out for a pizza recently with their three kids. And it was bedlam. I mean, she said it was awful. There was sort of pizza crusts on the floor and someone upset their Coke. And they made an absolute mess and they were quite noisy. And they noticed most of the other families were had well-behaved children, but they were sitting on their looking at phones. Mm. And... At the yeah. end of the end, they went out and they said to the waiter, I'm so sorry, we've made such a mess and we're so noisy. And he said, we love it. He said, we have two different kinds of families that come into this place. And one are the phone ones and ones are the ones like you who talk to each other and laugh and have fun. And we like your sort. And she said it was wonderful because it was hard work, but they knew that that you're we're building something when we're building relationship when we're laughing when we're telling stories you know and it is hard work as parents to do that it is easier just to give our kids the phone and have an adult conversation but parenting is hard work actually yeah. and i think it's really worth um really worth trying to put some boundaries in place and not it's not about never doing it but it's not making it our default i think yeah it's the long-term effect as well that that will have if 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 I'd have, I was a nightmare for my mum. <laughs> I was an absolute, in fact, when I was little, she'd had such enough of me. She gave me to the curate of the church and just to take him away. Uh, I was a nightmare. And I think I would have been one of the kind of kids it would have been very easy to have just given a device to. Yeah. But what I did learn was how to be appropriate, how to behave appropriately in public, uh, yeah. how to talk to adults. Yes. How to engage socially. And I think a lot of that came from not being able to be uh, given an easy easy answer. Uh, you know, my mum would bring apple to church and she would feed me apple, you know, chunks of apple uh, to keep me quiet. She didn't put me on a digital device. Whereas actually now it's too easy to just go to the digital device. And, and actually, I think there's a side effect that may have. Uh, years maybe down the line that we won't see for a while, but we, we may end up with adults 
in similar situations who can't deal mm. with that situation. So they go back to their digital device. So they've not actually yeah. learned a better way of behaving. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That's absolutely yeah. right. And I think, you know, particularly the mealtime thing, but church as well, it gives us that's, those relationships give us a sense of belonging. And that's part of our identity. It's part of, um, you know, what gives us a secure foundation in our lives. And and it seems to be a little thing, but actually as parents, that's an incredible thing and a gift that we can give our kids if we can invest in that. Yeah. Any any other tips that you'd like to share with us uh, about, um, about this oh, let's parenting? See. I would say the bad news is that we are role models to our kids in the way that we use our devices. Um, you know, we ask them to pick up their coat for their 50th time and we come in the front door and their coat is still on the hall floor and we think they don't listen to us. But the truth is they don't miss a thing. And they will notice if we pick them up from school and we're on our phone, if the first thing that we do when we come in from work is we get on our laptop or whatever, they'll notice that. And, um, you know, we will be giving a message to them. Mm. A, friend, a friend said to me the other day, she said, I'm on my phone. And I, it occurred to me, my child doesn't know if I am uh, looking up a Bible verse, if I'm looking up a recipe to cook them for their tea if i'm on facebook if i'm arranging a play date or if i'm just scrolling through instagram all they see is the back of the screen and they know that that's more important than they are so it's that's a tough one but i think and also in terms of um relationship very often um if we're part if we're parenting together um trying to be on the same page it's hard <laughs> we often get either a mom or a dad saying yeah, fine, I can do this for the kids, but I wish he or she would mm. have a different attitude to technology. So it's not always possible, but trying to talk about that. And then if you're parenting on your own and your kids are in a different home for some of the week, again, it's, it's not always possible, but trying to have some consistency of boundary in the two homes because it's confusing for them if they're allowed free reign in one place and nothing in the other. Um, mm. So that would be that would be important and um, and i think overall just remembering that this is a a long term game um we often say at care for the family we're not we're not um bringing up children we're not bringing up teenagers our goal is to bring up adults uh, who can stand on their own two feet long term and and we can put every single boundary in place in our home you know we can have a lockdown really in terms of digital technology the most amazing family media agreement but they're going to be in a playground with a kid that's got a phone with no protection on it yeah they're going to be on public wi-fi they're going to come across people where there aren't those protections and when we're not there and so that's our goal um is to help them make those wise decisions themselves not just do it for them. And obviously that's a gradual thing. Um, but, you know, the book of Proverbs is full of wisdom, isn't it? And there's a there's a really lovely verse and it says something like, um, uh, love wisdom and she will protect you, um, follow her and she will watch over you, get wisdom. And, mm. you know, that's what we want for our kids. We want to give them that God-given wisdom so they can stand on their own two feet and make these good choices in a world where any choice is possible, not where we've just made their worlds really small. That's so good. Thank you. Thank you so much. I've been scribbling down so many notes here. <laughs> uh, you know, 
just thinking around that, uh, the contact, the conduct, the content, I think that was just really helpful for me, thinking that through a little bit. I've took that away, and Becky and I will definitely be chatting about that. And that, you know, about the websites, yes, you can. Ask us first. Don't even think about it. Um, that is really great. So thank you so much. I, I feel That's this is a, it's a minefield. And as a parent, it's a minefield. And it's a minefield that, that is moving so quickly. It's so hard to keep up. So it hard is, to keep but up. Do you know, Chris, there is libraryfuls of research, though, to say that as parents, we are the biggest influence on our kids' lives, much more influence than any of that other stuff. Mm. And so, you know, I think if there's anything else, I just want parents to be confident um, that, you know, this is this is not rocket science. This is basic stuff in the home, putting those boundaries in place, loving our kids. And um, and it's not it's not a big, scary thing, actually. Um, mm. We really are empowered to do it. Uh, where could people find out more about what Care for the Family are doing, particularly around this parenting and the digital yep. age? Uh, so if you have a look on our website, um, careforthefamily.org.uk, um, we're also on Instagram and um, Twitter and Facebook. Um, and the book is called Left to Their Own Devices, Confident Parenting in a World of Screens. And um, that's got loads of practical tips in and some really funny cartoons as well as the content. So I would recommend all of that. Mm, and I would recommend it too. So thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it, and I know the parents who will have been listening to this will appreciate it, and I'm sure that they'll have loads of questions they would love to ask you. If they do have questions that they have and aren't able to find the answers themselves by Googling on the internet, is there a way of connecting with Care for the Family? Yeah, I mean, give us a call. Give us a call. And um, we have um, yeah, a whole team of people that will love to answer the phone, um, listen to you, um, talk to you. They can pass stuff on to me as well if there's a specific issue that you'd like um, like an like a answer to. So please do get in touch because that's we're there for you. We want to help mm -hmm. you in all the different things of family life, not just the digital age. Brilliant. Thank you so much. Really, thank you so much. And uh, I might personally maybe come back with extra questions when I see you next. <laughs> but, uh, Lovely. Uh, really appreciate your time. Appreciate your wisdom and your guidance in this area. I think it's one of those that as parents, we, we just want as much help as we can get. So thank you so much. Brilliant. Thanks, Chris. Thanks Until next time. Me. Grace and peace. Thanks. Bye. Bye. -bye.